Most of us like to think we have dust bunnies. Dust bunnies are part of kind of benign. Dust bunnies you can kind of kick under the couch. Dust bunnies are neat because you just turn the lights down and the house looks clean. That's my, my theory anyway, just turn the lighting down. But in your heart and in your spirit, in your soul of souls of who you are, there's a mess before Jesus. Here it comes, brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. Opportunity and challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life. Good evening, everyone. My name is John McKenzie, and you're listening to A Word with God, and I'd encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans while we continue to go through a sermon that we have, and it's this long series that we've been going through for the last while, a great series, Dan, not just long, a great series, uh, called (laughs) The Gospel of Jesus Christ, and I'm Not Ashamed of the Gospel. So let's get right into the message, and at the end, uh, we'll ask Dan a couple of questions on the sermon that he had. Okay, let's get at it. Well, we've been walking through Romans. I hope your Bible's with you. You need to have your Bibles out. That's what you're here for. Don't just sit there and kind of let it flow over you. Get in the Word. Make sure that I'm handling it right. You need to be marking in your Bible. It's perfectly fine to mark your Bible up. Perfectly fine to have it open, to follow along with. We're asking you to engage your brain this morning and not, uh, not fall asleep. And uh, so let's, uh, let's enter into the Word. We've looked at six declarations. God has something to say. We want to listen to him. When God has something to say, it's, it's, it's like God doesn't waste air. There are some people, ever met people that they just, all they do is talk and talk and talk. And, and they, like, they come up for breath maybe once in a while. And uh, God's not like that. God has something to say. Uh, he wants us to know it for a good reason, and so I hope you have the word open. First declaration was, was that God loves you, and he's made provision for you. God loves you. And like Paul's been hitting us with some pretty heavy stuff. It's kind of like, like bang, bang, bang. And all along, Paul keeps coming back to this, you know God loves you. You know God cares for you. You know God's heart is for you. And do you ever find that in life, that life kind of does this? begins to pound on you. If you don't know that life begins to pound on you, you just haven't lived long enough. But eventually, if you live old enough, old enough, long enough, and get old enough, you will come to realize, hey, life kind of pounds a bit. And God loves you. He cares for you. He gave you this thing called the church that you are to live in and be comforted by and encouraged in and strengthened in We also saw declaration number two, that God, man resists God. Our natural inclination is to resist what God has for us. God has some things he wants to do in your life. There's some things he wants to do through you. And our natural inclination is to resist God. God says this way, you tend to go, I tend to go that way. Because what God asks is not always easy. 
It's not always the way of the, of the natural flow of things. Declaration number four is that you are dead to sin. If you have come to Jesus and you put your faith and trust in him and this exchange that we talked about last week takes place, you are now dead to sin. Sin is no longer king. didn't say that you don't sin. And I know enough of you well enough to know that you sin um, from time to time. And what it means is that the reign of sin is dead. The king, sin, is dead in your life. Move on to declaration number five. Salvation is all of God. It's by faith and it results in grace. Declaration number six, Jesus is my hope. Jesus gave his life to me. You now have new life in Christ. Jesus is your only hope to get through what lies ahead. And then this morning, this week, we look at the truth that grace is to reign and rule in our hearts. The grace of God is to reign and rule in our hearts. Well, last week we saw that Jesus had this great exchange that he wanted to happen. He wanted to take our sin. He wanted to take your sin, Nehemiah, and he wanted to take your sin on himself, and he wanted to put his righteousness on you. He wanted to take your sin in its entirety, the whole thing, not just part, not just part. He didn't say, okay, there's a little bit more than I can hit. No, no, that's not God. And he wanted to put his righteousness on you and in your heart, and in your life. And so he took the old, all the junk that was going on in the old life, and you and I have talked, and God, there was some junk. You know what we said in, in um, what we learned in Bible college? Is that you've got to be ready to pray, preach, and die at a moment's notice. This is easier. That's what Jesus is talking about. When you come to Jesus, there's a great exchange. He took your old life, the old mess, he took it away, and he put something different, something new in it. And, and, and my brother back there is just saying, I'm so glad he didn't do that to me. But you never know. You never know. The exchange brings peace with God. When God does it, there's peace in your heart. There used to be turmoil. There used to be angst. There used to be this thing between you and God. And you knew you weren't all that God wanted you to be. You knew that what God said was necessary. You knew it wasn't happening. But now something new has come in. Something new has entered in. That's the life of Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the exchanged life that he's talking about in these passages that we've been working through. Fourthly, the exchange brings the Holy Spirit into your life. You couldn't do that on your own. If you were here without the Holy Spirit, your knees would be knocking. You'd be shaking even worse than you were. But the Holy Spirit was in there. He put some words in your heart. You were able to share a testimony of what God has done for you. The Holy Spirit does that. You just don't make that up. It just doesn't come to you like that. That's the Holy Spirit operating. And we are to operate in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. We're not to be doing it in the flesh. It's not some, and you know, some people, it's, it's like the night of the living dead. Ever see that, you like the zombie stuff? You should see the zombie, well, okay, you don't like the zombie stuff, but it's like this, it's like, and Christians go through life looking like zombies. They're like zombified Christians. They're like zombied fish. They got little zombied fish on the back of their car. And it's kind of like, I will go through. It's like God wants power and vibrancy and a release in your life that you have never imagined. That's the kind of life God wants to give you. Not zombified Christian living, but new life, Jesus in me, Holy Spirit in control of me, that kind of life. 
That's the kind of living that he wants to see happening in and through you. Romans 5 this morning, 20 and 21 are kind of our main verses. We're going to camp all over, but here's some. The law came in so that the transgression would increase. Make it more noticeable. But where sin increased, sin, does sin increase? Like you're giving into a little bit to sin, does the next sin come easier? Does the next sin come easier? It just like sucks you in like a vacuum cleaner, just like a hoover. You're hoovered into sin. You're sucked into it. Verse 20, the law came, oh sorry, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in the hope and the glory of God. Father, this is your moments, this is your word and you are powerful. You can cut through all the garbage of the enemy and you can enter in and you can draw us close and so in these moments and in these days, Father, this is holy ground for you to do your work, to speak to our hearts. The enemy we cast out. Any agent of the enemy here today, you are not welcome. This is not your place, for this is God's place. This is holy ground for God to do holy business. Open our eyes and open our ears that we would see and hear you, that there would be nothing that would get in our way, but that your work and your will would be accomplished this morning. And we pray this in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, there's some garbage in life. I don't know about you, if you have a messy room or not, but um, our kids had messy rooms. And, um, and it's kind of like there was all kinds of, okay, messy rooms. But you know what's messier than a messy room? Our kids had messy rooms. Do you know what we used to do? Is okay, guys, like if the room, and we said to our daughter, Jen, Jen, you've got, you know, to Friday night to have your room picked up. And we're talking, I know this young lady here would not have drifts of clothes like two feet deep in her room and mess all over. Because like you're just such a sweet young girl, I know that you would be clean and neat and tidy. But our daughter, Jen, like, like we would give her, and she wouldn't do it. And so we would put... And we'd get maybe six or seven garbage bags at a time, and she would have to work a half hour for a garbage bag, and we didn't know what was in it. She didn't know what was in it, but if she was going out and needed her T-shirt or wanted her CD or she had to work a half, and she never knew what she was going to we'd just give her a garbage bag for a half hour's worth of work. But even worse than that, I worked at a place and managed about 200 apartments in an apartment complex, plus some others on the side. And we had this, this kind of one flop house once where there's this lady, and she had about 14, 15 guys living with her there. And when we came in, they didn't pay their rent, and it takes a while to get when you don't pay your rent. Maybe it takes two months, three months to get you know, the person out. So that, but, but we came in, they had... They had mattresses over the whole living room and dining room floor, all fit together, big screen TV, and everybody was just sleeping kind of all over. But on top of that, there was like 45, 50 bags of garbage in the kitchen. They just kept piling. They never took the garbage out. They piled it up. And there was, and one of them had a baby there, and there was this ferment. There's nothing like the smell of baby diaper about two months down the road when it's all fermented and kind of gaggy. You know what I mean? And that's what they lived in. And there's, it was, there, there was diapers on the counter. There's diapers on the floor. There's diapers in the bed. It was just like, like, it was a mess. It was not good. And it, we took like two or three huge trailer loads of garbage out of that apartment. And we had to take the mess to the road. And we had to put it out. 
And you know what? Before Jesus, your life's a mess. John, you married a girl who's not from Canada, right? That's correct, yes. Yeah, and she's my doctor. She's your doctor. And uh, we have a conference coming up for all those who are coming to Canada from different countries, and especially in the KW area, there is a mass of people who really were never born in Canada. Okay, and you're talking about new people, like new, new to Canada. New Canadians, yeah, new Canadians. Oh, nice. We have a special conference that's lined up for April the 19th and the 20th, and it's going to be at Highland Baptist Church at 135 Highland Road, Kitchener West, and okay. the theme is Helping Canadians to Connect with God in Canadian Culture. Oh, interesting. And so we would invite anyone who has an interest in this to call us at 226-600-3126 for more information. Or you can visit us at Evangel Community Church at 112 Spadina Road West. And that's pretty close to uh, St. Mary's Hospital. Absolutely. And so the same with Highland Baptist Church. It's right around the corner from St. Mary's. Stan, can you give that that phone number just one more time? 226-600-3126. Three one two six. Sounds good. Most of us like to think we have dust bunnies. Dust bunnies are part of kind of benign. Dust bunnies you can kind of kick under the couch. Dust bunnies are neat because you just turn the lights down and the house looks clean. That's my my theory anyway. Just turn the lighting down. But in your heart, and in your spirit, and in your soul of souls of who you are, there's a mess before Jesus. And sometimes it's falling apart outwardly, and sometimes it's falling apart inwardly. But there's no fooling you. You may have your parents fooled, you may have your friends fooled, you may have the neighbors fooled. But when your life is falling apart on the inside, only you know. Only you are aware. And God knows. Well, taking care of the mess. Before Jesus, things were a mess. Verses 12 to 14. The first thing we see is the mess is everywhere. Some people have contained messes. It's just their kitchen counter. It's just their, anybody have a drawer that's a mess? And like the rest of the house is together, but the drawer isn't. Maybe the rest of you have a drawer that's together and the rest of the house is a mess. I don't know. But the mess is everywhere. Therefore, because these things are true, just as through one man, he's talking about Adam here as an agent, just as though one man's sin entered the world, sin gained access to the world by Adam and, and the sin that he did and, and, and death, and he teams it together. Sin and death are like two companions that walk side by side. They're like chocolate chip cookies and cold, ice cold milk. They go together. I, chocolate chip cookies that are gooey, still hot from the oven, and you peel them apart and the chocolate strings... It goes with cold, crisp milk, and you eat, drink that, and eat that hot cookie, and you go, this is good. As companions as they are, so is sin and death. Some think they can sin, and death will not follow. We know that we all die. I'm going to preach at a funeral tomorrow of a woman who 
was um, very instrumental in my life. And she prayed for me. She was our youth group leader when I was going any direction but towards God. And she prayed for me, and her and her husband opened our, their home, and Lori and I, with maybe 18 or 20 other people, every Sunday night, we would go to their house for youth group, and we would hear about God. And in the beginning days, before I met Lori, like I was a long ways from God, and I didn't want anything to do with God. And my life was wound up in drugs and wound up in things that just, like, just were not good for me. And my life was a mess, and I like to look like my life wasn't a mess, but my life, not my wife, my life was a mess. And this woman prayed for me, and yet at 82, and suffering with Parkinson's, and uh, Parkinson's, you know what, what that's like, Nehemiah? It's like you can remember how to walk forward, but you can't remember how to walk backwards. In one moment, you can feed yourself, and the next, you can't feed yourself. You can't comb your hair. You can't brush your teeth. And for the last number of years, her husband was brushing her teeth for you. That's, that's why you take vows until death do us part. Not until it gets uncomfortable or I see somebody better. But that's where you're brushing her teeth and combing her hair and holding on to her and helping her remember how to back up when she can't remember. Sin and death. Scripture tells us that death reigns, not only physical death, and we see that, and guys like Ivan and I are knowing that it's getting closer and our bodies are breaking down. You guys are, I mean, if we did what you did up on stage, we wouldn't walk for a month. I mean, we'd pull something, strain something, break something. I don't know how you do it. The body will, and there'll be a day when you won't be able to do it either, because sin and death March through life. And the older you get, like the sound of a big old truck coming up behind you on the highway, sin and death rolls closer and you hear the tires grinding the pavement. And you begin to realize that before you know it, in the blink of an eye, it will be over with. And you're going to stand before a holy God Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, through sin and so death passed to all men, every person. I asked, okay, ready for this one? We're going to drive by this one again. What kind of success rate does sin have? A hundred percent. Every person here is going to die. No exceptions. We are all going to stand before a holy God. Through sin and so death spread to all men, just like a, just like a cold. I mean, you ever seen somebody kind of go like this and then they want to shake your hand and just kind of like, eh, eh, okay. Because you know what's going to happen. You're not going to think and you're going to go like this or you're going to go like that. And what they had is going to, and every sin has passed from every man and woman and boy and girl from Adam as soon as you drew breath in. Sin was at work in your life. And death spread to all men because all have sinned. So number one, the mess is everywhere. Number two, God was clear about the mess. My parents had, had rules in the house, and sometimes I'd get confused. You wouldn't know that, would you? I'd get confused. 
I think it was one thing and it wouldn't be the other. And as I said in the first service, like, like my mom has a very clean house. You, I mean, you can see. And sometimes I'd come in, Josh, I'd, I'd be at school and I'd like making sandwiches after school. And I'd have a sandwich after school. And, and my mom would come in at night and she'd go, there's crumbs on the floor. Did you make a sandwich? And like I cleaned. I really did. I wiped the counter. I wiped, but she would see the crumb on the floor. A mess. The mess. The mess. God is clear about the mess. For unto the law, sin was in the world. That's Genesis chapter 3. Sin was there from the fall, and, and sin, sin uh, did not come with the law. Sin was here long before Moses wrote the law. But sin is not imputed. It's not put charged to your account when there is no law. Now, now there's clarity. The law has made it clear. Here's what it is to sin. It's defined sin more clearly. We, we know when we have sinned. And Genesis 2 was very clear. But from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Dying, you will die. There's the source of sin. And then Moses came along and he made it clear what sin looked like even better. Even over those who had not sinned in the likeness, think of mirror when you have likeness. Declare if you stand in front of the fridge in my kitchen, you're 20 pounds lighter than if you stand in front of the mirror downstairs in the basement. In fact, you're 20 pounds over in the basement, you're 20 pounds under in the kitchen. It said in the first service, it's not good when the mirror in the fridge makes you look thinner and you'll go more likely to go open the fridge and eat something. We should put the thick mirror upstairs and the thin mirror downstairs. This is a true likeness. This is the idea of a mirror that tells you exactly what's going on. We don't all sin like Adam. Adam had his sin. There are all kinds of ways to sin against God. What was Adam's sin? Little quiz here. Disobedience, yes, and how? How was he disobedient? Well, actually, Eve ate of it and had passed. Right, he didn't leave. He was passive. It was passivity. Adam sat back while sin entered in, and Eve had this discussion with the evil. Like any husband, like if you, if you saw a guy in a mask with a gun, going, talking to your wife and, and talking to her, and like this evil, like would you not as a husband get in the middle? Adam did not get in the middle between Satan and Eve. He stood back and he, he was passive. And Paul's going to work off of this and he's going to show us how God is not passive. God is passionate about you. He loves you. He wants to enter into your life. He wants to change your life. He wants to be part of who you are. God is not a passive God. Where Adam was a passive man. And the sin of Adam was not entering in and protecting Eve and speaking truth about God. Because as the serpent was there saying, has God said this? Has God said this? And putting question as to what God had said, Adam was there, spoke firsthand with God, heard exactly what he knew what the mess was. He knew what sin was. God had been very clear to Adam, don't eat of this tree, don't eat of that tree. Simple rules, not complicated. He did not need an owner's manual to get this one down good. He was passive, and God is not passive. He passionately loves you. And so we see that the mess may look different, but they have the same roots. Here's the roots, verse 14. Nevertheless, notwithstanding, death reigned. 
It's the idea that death was king. Death was the champion. It was the reigning champion of the world. And he gives us the parameters next. From Adam until Moses. Even over those who had not sinned in the likeness and the mirror image of Adam and Adam's offense, you maybe haven't sinned like Adam. Maybe your thing's not passivity. Maybe your sin is overindulgence. Maybe your sin is loose lips. Maybe your sin is an argumentative spirit. Maybe your sin, fill in the blank. Okay, so Stan, let me make sure I've got this pretty straight. Um, so because one man, Adam, sinned. Right, we not all Eve. Have, we all have sin. What's that? Not Eve, Adam. <laughs> Good clarification. Okay, okay. Yeah, thank you. Well, you know how many guys kind of like point their finger at their wife and say like, like you're the problem? <laughs> it's just a really a dumb, th- first of all, it's dumb. And then secondly, it's not theologically accurate. Very true. Men, yes. Women, great, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, the, but going back to that, so sin entered the world, yes. and then because of Jesus coming in and indwelling in human body, okay. uh, sinful nature in us can be killed. Right, because there was no sinful nature in him. He came, he lived a perfect life, never sinned, therefore did not have to pay for his own sin, mm-hmm. then was able to take Adam's place take Adam's sin upon him, deal with the sin problem right at the source, and now we enjoy that, that relationship with God. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we now have a new nature given to us, and that's the nature of Jesus. As long as we make that choice. Yes. Sounds good. All right, well, that'll be a, a head-scratcher for the rest of the week for people just to kind of ponder on, I think. Uh, thanks for everyone joining us this evening. And again, we're going to continue going through the book of Romans next week. We're going through the entire book, literally verse by verse. So it's, yes. a, it's a real treat that we have going through this. And I'd encourage you to join us next week as well. And remember, don't end your day without a word with God. Here it comes, brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see. Soon be a challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life.